0: Welcome to App Debate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. For e-commerce brands, the holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year. With so many deals for consumers to choose from, how do app marketers win their attention and their business? Hello, I'm Patrick Eichmann, general manager here at Remerge. And over the next several weeks, I'll be talking to marketing leaders about their winning strategies and best practices, specifically for e-commerce mobile apps. On today's show, I'm really excited to welcome Matt Hudson. Matt is a seasoned app architect with over a decade's worth of experience building mobile apps for consumers and more recently is the co-founder of Build It. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Excited to have you. Matt, for those of our listeners that are not familiar with Build It, could you give a quick plug on the work you do and who you're helping? Yeah.
1: Number one. I'm glad you formulated the question that way, Is who we're helping, because I think giving back and making people's lives a little better is an important part of what we do. Build It primarily is about building great products around mobile app and building great people. We're focused on e-commerce, but we've got a content management system and platform to make it as easy to build mobile apps as web.
0: Fantastic! And how many customers do you guys have, or how many people or organizations have you assisted to date?
1: So we've got a few very large companies. We just launched a large one in Mexico, we've got one here in the United States and Southeastern Carolina, multi-billion dollar companies that we work with, provide their content management system and the base platform for their mobile apps and e-commerce. We're specialists in Salesforce Commerce Cloud, so we've got quite a few of those. And really, ultimately, we provide them just a baseline and then the strategic methodologies for growing, similar to people that would help them grow with re or other tools like game. Very cool.
0: We were talking about this in the green room just before recording the session and given the time of year, we want to focus the conversation around e-commerce and the overall consumer experience in app. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of approach this in two areas. There's certainly a cohort of app developers or soon to be app developers, let's say, that are working for brands that haven't brought that experience into the app environment And I'd like to explore that cohort a little bit, as well as those that have deployed apps. Think of household names, consumer brands that see the value in creating a consumer experience via app, but might be doing things wrong and may need to think about how they can go about iterating on what they've done. But to kick things off, let's talk about the first cohort. There's certainly some organizations out there that, as we were joking about are still spending a lot of time on mobile web and haven't really explored the app environment. And so as you think about the conversations you have with brands that may fall into that world, talk to us a little bit about how you navigate those conversations, how you speak to those brands about the importance of building that relationship with their customer base in app.
1: So there's a few important parts of that question. The first is a framework for knowing whether or not you need a mobile app. And I use this framework a lot because I'm asked this question often or challenged to say, well, mobile web is good enough. Now I'm a firm believer that good enough's not good enough. I've got a coffee mug from Onyx Coffee Lab that says good enough's not good enough. It literally says that. And I believe strongly in that from a personal perspective of self-improvement but also in the way that we approach our customers experiences online or whatever it is that you're doing in your life. But when you think about a web experience, it's certainly table stakes for any e-commerce company to have a very fast web. And I even argue that they need PWA. A lot of people pose progressive web app up against mobile app. I actually do not. I think that we got to provide the best experience in all platforms, and all areas as possible. And the simple fact is, there is no technical way to argue that mobile app is not better if built well. So when I'm talking to companies about whether or not they need mobile app, my framework goes like this. Web and email, an email that leads to mobile web, as an example, is like dating. You're not really committed, I've subscribed to your email list, I'm opening up your mobile web, it's great, we're dating. Maybe I come see you however often I come see your retailer. Maybe it's monthly, something like that. I'm fine with your experience. Mobile app is like marriage. I've chosen to take up space on my phone. I want to hear from you. You're probably nearby. I look at you weekly. You're something that I care about. I'm going to spend money with. So when companies ask me, do I need a mobile app? I think, do you need your best customer spending more money Do you want to marry that person? Yes, you probably do. Now, here's the thing. If you've got a small number of products, yeah, maybe it probably doesn't make sense to have app. So my framework goes like this. If you have a store, like a physical storefront, there's an academic study that proves a correlation between being nearby a place and using their mobile app. I was very surprised there was an academic study, but it was a very well done mathematical approach that shows that people that are nearby a store are much more likely to use an app which makes sense because those people are repeat customers if you have a loyalty program you potentially could use an app again somebody is taking up the space on the phone it's not just a shortcut it's because they want to come see you more often they want to hear from you they want your push notifications third way is a little more subjective but if you have a large catalog of products So 25,000, 50,000 products or above, and especially if you're in the millions of products, then you probably need an app. Again, because those customers come back. If you have a small number of products, but it's repeatable, then you might need an app versus the others that you definitely need an app. If you have curbside pickup or physical locations, almost always go well with app geolocation. So that's my framework. The very last way that is, again, decreasingly subjective is if you make $10 or above in revenue in e-com. So just simply the number of customers. And then the very last, again, decreasingly subjective is if you're a luxury brand or a brand for young people. Sometimes if you're a certain type of brand, you might be app only if you're just a very young customer or a high-end luxury brand who really those people prefer strongly to have to use mobile app. So that's how people need to think about it is they spend more money, your most loyal customer. So you can't think of it as, do we need a mobile app? It's do my customers want the mobile app experience? And to be honest with you, most of them probably do if they need to save time and want to spend money with you more often.
0: I loved your analogy of dating versus marriage. (laughs) I think that actually put the situation perfectly.
1: It's a relationship, customer relationship.
0: I agree. You want your opting in to want to know more on a more consistent basis the minute you download that app. And I also would to imagine, too, when talking with some of these organizations, uh, taking a look at their ideal customer profile becomes really important. Like, younger people, not to date myself, but I imagine like most people are spending most of their time on their phones because apps. The phone itself is a remote control for their life. and any second, something can be delivered to you or you're hopping in a
1: car. You're, you can
0: even buy a car if you wanted to.
1: It's gotten to where it's crazy, but I'm going to debug one myth for you about the age thing. Now, I'm not saying age is not important. If you have a younger customer, and by the way, younger is getting older. So millennials are now 40 years old. Even I am like five days from being a millennial I'm 43 years old. Not only is that true, but The myth I want to debunk is that older people actually do like mobile app. They're just later to the game. My grandmother recently passed, but aside from that lovely woman, and I miss her badly, but aside from that, she was the first one to text me back once she got her Android phone. Like, she was much more reliable than my mom or my friends. So older folks are not allergic to mobile app. In fact, they want the app experience too. They want it to be easier and faster. It's just that you have to cater to them. So I'm going to debunk that myth by giving you a stat, true data. Uh, Belk, who I worked for for many, many years, they have more 50-year-olds in their mobile app than they do 18 to 25-year-olds. And that app does $330 million a year with 5 million MAU. So the idea that older people are not using app is not true. Maybe if they're 70 or 80, they're not. But 50 to 60, they definitely are in app. And if you look at large e-commerce companies like Walmart or Amazon, almost over 50% of their traffic is in mobile app. So if that myth was true, then it wouldn't be true for Walmart and Amazon. Uh, Those are not 18 to 24-year-old brands. So yes, 20 years ago when technology first started, they were not early adopters. But now 50 and plus and above, and especially 40-year-olds. 40 is not old at all. I prefer to think that it's not. But those customers are absolutely tied to their phone and 50 and above are pretty close and 60 and above are still in the game. So I just would debunk that myth that if they're on Facebook and grandma's on Facebook, they're in apps. Good point. I'm just saying it used to be true, but it's not anymore. That's all.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. No, very valid. As you're speaking, I just a question was coming to mind. Do you have a sense of how many apps a given consumer, let's say in the US has on their phone?
1: Oh, man. So this is a hard question, because I think that there's a dichotomy that exists. And I always have to convince myself, I am not my target market with my 170 apps. I've read different numbers. I've read 70. I've read lower. 70 feels like a lot, but you got to realize that 20 come with the app and people will download stuff over time. And that doesn't mean they're actively using them. I think that overall, there's only a certain amount of attention that a customer can have given across a certain number of apps and websites, and so alerting them. So I tend to think that there's probably 10 or 15 that people use often. And for a less sophisticated user, it's probably less. They're probably stuck in like three to five mobile apps, with 70 being like the max that they possibly have at any given time. And some of them are getting uninstalled. So it is a smaller number, but I go back to the thought process that just because they have a small number of apps on the phone doesn't mean that your presence there is not important. It's like saying email. Many of the people that I work with in retail will subscribe to many different email lists of different retailers. Well, sure, they get a hundred different emails. That doesn't mean you should stop sending them emails. (laughs) Email we all know in retail is extremely important. So I think app is the same way. You have to target your customers and you have to listen to them. Do they want app? Women, affluent people, people that are in time-sensitive situations. Those are the customers who are going to be the most loyal to your mobile app. So earlier, Matt,
0: when you were talking a little bit about the types of brands that could benefit from having an app, you talked about what I internalized was a catalog, number of products that they have. And we work with a lot of brands that have massive catalogs. And I think the idea of implementing that catalog into the app itself could be daunting. Could you speak a little bit about or to the brand that is thinking about building an app, but may have a massive catalog? They think the work is going to be quite extensive. Like, how do you guide folks through that? Is it true that it's difficult to do? Is it easier than they realize?
1: It's funny. I just want to be clear. We did not talk about this before. So the fact that I'm going to plug what I do for a living is. Just a coincidence, okay? I didn't come on to plug it. But build it, what we exist to do is to make app as easy to build as web. And the reason we frame it up that way is because it is harder to build app. The simple fact, just purely on the fact that you're supporting iOS and Android separately, with two separate gigantic companies controlling your presence in their stores, that alone is more work. And then when we bring in that it's a specialist kind of engineering job, iOS and Android, again, and not only that, but you're managing your web, so you're increasing your work. There's almost no case where it could possibly be easier because the web was made to be interconnected and was made and is older as well. So people coming out of college can build on it, et cetera. However, app is coming along and tools are being built, including BuildIt, that are making it easier to make a great app. And eventually it will be absolutely required. I remember one time I asked my nephew, did he even know Instagram had a website? And he said, no. He said he didn't even know Instagram had a website. He only uses the apps. So at some point, people will only be thinking about app. I don't know exactly when that is, but it's coming in the next 10 or 15 years when those younger people come of age. So my point is, That as that happens, more tools will enter the market and make it easier, just like happened with web. There was a point where the company I worked for, we would build blogs by hand. Now, can you imagine doing that? No, you cannot. I think the same thing will happen for app. So tools that combine the platforms, iOS and Android together, we are built on React Native. Obviously, Flutter exists, which is not my favorite, but it's an option. And there are other multi-platform or cross-platform tools that combine it to make it easier. The community is getting bigger. So we chose React Native because there's a giant React community, which means that there's enormous amounts of well-engineered, well-bulletproofed solutions for navigation and UI patterns, et cetera. So it's a much more mature solution in as far as the community goes and how fast it can build. And so what we've done is prove that we can do it in half the time which is comparable to web. So before some previous customers switched to React Native, they were delivering things in six to eight weeks per release. Now they're down to four. My old boss at the time said, Matt, why does it take the app so long to release? The website releases every month. Why can't you? And I said, well, it's really simple. I'm managing four pieces of software, iOS, Android, a backend, and the API. And that was just too much. So simplifying those things down, making them cross-platform, taking the web paradigms into the app will make it easier and companies can save enormous money by doing that. Once your web programmers can work on your app, you now have a less expensive engineering staff, a team that can work across all of those things. And by the way, your mobile app should not be an island. Your whole team, marketing, IT, your engineering group, all should be able to support the mobile app. If it's a little island with four pieces of software compared to one with a giant team, it's going to be more expensive. But if you can find a way to spread your mobile app out like another channel and treat it like another channel, just like email, SMS, web, whatever it is, kiosk, I suppose, then that's what makes it less expensive and what's going to grow it. If you simply look at it as native app versus web, Native app is almost never going to win except on conversion and the fact that premium customers exist there.
0: Just the interest of Ty, I, I want to think a little bit then about segueing into those brands that have already committed to mobile, to app. They see the value, they've been navigated through a lot of what you've spoke about today. How do you think about, or as you're brought in, let's say, Matt, to some of these organizations that have had a app deployed for a number of years, they're generating solid revenue from it, But there's always an opportunity to improve what you do, to iterate, to take your comment earlier about improvement itself, self-improvement. How do you think about assessing where they're at and advising on strategies going forward? Is there a standard approach that you take?
1: I don't know if there's a standard, but there's some big rock things. Every year, we release a mobile app checkout index, and we evaluate the top 200 or so mobile apps on 43 different criteria inside Checkout that are important. And then we rank them because to us, Checkout has got to be as close to one tap as possible. I love to tell this story, and I know we are in interest of time, but when my daughter was really young, she was redheaded and and she would cry and be up late all night, and I would be queuing the mobile app. And I realized that I could make a difference in people's lives if they can check out with one thumb because that means single moms or women at Starbucks or single dads or parents that are busy can check out right there and eliminate the frustration. So that's why we focused on checkout, because to us, that is a way that we can make people's lives incrementally better by removing that frustration of logging in and all the junk that comes with not being able to check out. Those 43 different areas, I'm not gonna list them all, but I'll list the categories. Navigation, performance, payment methods, third-party payments, and basically like order speed, like how fast can I get to checkout? To me, Overall, performance is the most important. People are using an app because they want to save time. They don't want to have to log in over and over again, or, or really ever again, if possible. Uh, they want all their payment methods stored. They want to be able to use Apple Pay, PayPal, Google Pay, Shop Pay, you name it. And again, they got to be able to do it very quickly. They're coming back to you for a reason. They don't want to refill it out. That's why guest users aren't using mobile apps. It's usually logged in users. So... I think to me, performance is number one, as close to a one tap checkout as possible, making sure that the native paradigms like the human interface guidelines are followed or even Google's material design to a certain extent. Although I think the human interface guidelines from Apple are very valuable for anybody, but particularly mobile app. They're a great guideline for how to make something easy to use, making sure that gestures are supported. So swiping up and down, or the other paradigms, if you're stuffing web, a web experience inside the mobile app, not good enough. It's not gonna convert any better, guys. You have to use what Apple and Google, who are brilliant companies, have given us as a tool set to improve over your mobile web. But if you do that, you should see half a percentage point up to a percentage point increase in conversion over your mobile web experience because it's faster, they don't have to log in and, It's just, honestly, it's just easier to buy. When you can just tap and buy, it's so nice.
0: I know it too well. (laughs) I've been the victim of
1: this. (laughs) I'm sure you have.
0: Yes, especially this time of year. So that's great. You have this framework. You've obviously seen a lot. For those mature brands, is there one or two areas that are consistently
1: underperforming that
0: marketers, the folks listening today should take a look at?
1: I would just say that if you expect your app to do well, you better tie your marketing to it. If your best customer has downloaded the app and your paid campaigns, your email campaigns, your organic campaigns, if those things are not opening up your mobile app to the location that you're advertising, well, then what are you doing? Why even have an app if all of your marketing is going to go to the web? Can you imagine if the Instagram icon on your phone opened up the web? You would feel alienated. So if I download your app, but your marketing opens up the web, that just shows me you're not committed. Or if I'm missing large features. Now, certainly you're gonna have a subset of features in your app, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that if certain things that are important, free shipping or something, is missing from the app, you're missing it. If you're not giving exclusive deals, if you're not methodically growing the app, so advertising it in the stores, putting QR codes on signage, encouraging your associates in a store or online or your customer service center to push people, or not necessarily push people, but to encourage them to download mobile app or giving them coupons to download the mobile app or exclusive deals. You are missing the opportunity. It's not just a channel. It's got to be a channel that is, again, a relationship channel where you're communicating and reciprocating back and forth. So your paid ad campaigns... You're going to get a much better ROAS out of your mobile app if your Google PLAs or display ads are opening up your app. Of course, attribution and some of those things are very challenging to solve, but they can be solved. And once you do, you now have real, true incremental revenue and a new channel to communicate with your customer. So, yeah, drive your traffic internally. Make sure your team is aware of the mobile app, how to use it, your customer service team. All of those things will ultimately lead to organic and non-organic and paid growth and incremental revenue. But if you don't commit to mobile app and you do it halfway, you might as well not do it. I just think you've got to go all in on all of the different areas organizationally for it to be a real wild success. I
0: completely agree. I think that Listen, like I think all of us have had really poor user experiences with some of the apps that you might be suggesting that folks that didn't go all in. We're not going to name names. I will, but we should not. We don't need to, no. But it puts such a sour taste in your mouth. And so if you were opting into the brands, they become less interesting to me right away because it's just harder for me to interact with you. And I don't need that. I don't have time for that.
1: We've also been trained by great apps we have. Amazon's not the most beautiful app, but it's very fast. Starbucks app. These companies have trained us to be used to making it easy. And once I'm trained, man, I'm like, why do I want to do this? If I can just go check out over here in 10 seconds.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I think in some of those examples as well, I think those teams also realize that the app wasn't out on an island. It's a key point of their overall marketing strategy. And it's also a very valuable communication channel. I often talk to folks about app and really liken it to CRM. You have so much rich data that you can gather from your customer through that medium, and you have to take advantage of it, especially nowadays.
1: Reviews are a great example. When is the last time that you had a website that you could see the reviews? Literally the customer giving you immediate feedback right there. And you got to go tackle it. Last night, as an example, I was responding to emails to people for one of our customers that were having trouble. But because we responded quickly, fixed the problem that they were experiencing or forward them to customer service, those people now become dedicated to the brand. And you just don't get that direct communication outside of mobile app. I'm not sure why that is, but there is something about it that makes it where you're closer to the customer.
0: Yeah, there's certainly that intimacy there that lacks in other channels, for sure. Matt, well, listen, thank you so much for being here. I learned a lot, (laughs) for sure. And I'm pretty sure our audience did as well. If folks want to learn more about you or your work, what's the best way of getting in touch with you?
1: Well, find me on LinkedIn. I'm the goofy guy with the Mohawk. I love to help out in any way, form, or fashion. I do my best to respond to almost everybody except sales guys. Sorry, sales guys unless you're providing me real value. But if you have questions, definitely engage with me. I do my best to answer them. And feel free to shoot me an email too, matt at buildit.co or give us a call either way.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate you being here.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking a break with us
0: and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.